Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
we praise your name and we thank you for this opportunity. Father, to just lift you up and worship you, to read your scriptures, to be immersed in your word, to be in the presence of awesomeness, to be in your presence, Lord Jesus, and to be able to worship you and and see the two of you as one, and even in the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. We praise you and we thank you for all the things, all the trials, all the tribulations, all of the good things and the peace that some of us can have at times, but always at the ready for the next test and always understanding as we're going through the various challenges, trials and tribulations that there is a end state that you are trying to bring us to that will give us a greater peace and make us more productive, more um, what you need us to be uh, in the days ahead. We don't know how long we're going to be here, Father. And of course, many of us wish we could just come home now. I, I you know, you know how I feel. And uh, I think that the hearts of all of us are being closely in, in an anointed way, uh, you know, un, unified really with the Godhead. And we praise you, Father, through the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus in us for bringing us to a place perhaps in our walk where while we still have our ups and downs and challenges and we still have our periods where we, you know, maybe we feel bad or we see something that's happening around us that, that kind of shoves us into a little bit of a state of depression or maybe we're overwhelmed because we have layers and layers and layers of negativity that's being shoved in our, in our face. And Father, we just, we need your help. We need your power. We need the power of the angels. We need the holy fire of God. We need uh, the authority that we have been given in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to cast out demons, holy fire even. And we need to, um, Father, just be filled with your presence, walking as best as we possibly can in your divine, perfect will for us, and understand that every Everything that we go through, everything that we experience uh, has essentially some type of, you know, unless it's something, you know, an act of rebellion on our part, it's almost for sure something that you need us to go through to bring us to that next place where we could, but we praise you for that hindsight being 2020. We praise you for being blessed with the ability to be able to look back on our lives and see how you've touched them over the years. We praise you, Father God, for John fifteen sixteen. It says that we did not choose you, but you chose us and ordained us, ordained us uh, to uh, to bear fruit, and that our fruit should remain. And that remain, Father, we praise you for helping us to understand that what that means is the fruit that we bear, whether it be through prayer. In this case, arguably the most powerful an anointed thing that we can do as those of us who, you know, from those of us who choose, as Nehemiah said in uh, chapter 1, verse 11, choose to fear your name and for good reason. And also to understand that um, we all must seek our own salvation through fear and trembling and understand that that requires us to um, examine ourselves closely at all times when we make mistakes, which we will, that uh, we would immediately confess of our sins before you. Um, Father, we pray that you will please forgive all of our brothers and sisters out there that, that you know get ideas in their hearts where they believe that they're living in a sin-free life. 
Um, it's it's an unfortunate dynamic, but it is pervasive. I know. I, I've been there. And um, I just praise you for bringing me on the journey that you brought me through, that I'm able to experientially share what I go through so that it may be just one person, even if just one person can be helped. And I thank you, Father, for this electronic ecclesia. I praise you for the opportunity that you have given us to be able to reach out and touch people all over the world. Um, and it's just it's an amazing experience. Uh, quite frankly, more than anything, I wish that a million dollars would fall on my front porch so I could just serve you 24 by 7, do a show every night. But under the circumstances, Father... I praise you for every moment that I have a job. I praise you for every moment that I'm able to serve you and and every blessing that you have given me. And you know that I will continue to serve you until I drop, (laughs) okay, or until you bring us home. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that the understanding that we have, while it is, while I powerfully believe in my heart that wherever we are in our understanding, in accordance with First um, Corinthians eight two, if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet, as they ought to know. And Father, I believe in uh, that you have been such a blessing to us, definitely beyond any shadow of a doubt, an incredible blessing to me. I'm undeserving of it, boy. If that isn't an understatement, and I know that most many of us uh, know that we are also undeserving of it. Particularly when we recognize, you know, when we are able to look back on our lives and the periods of our lives in some cases where we were deceived by churchianity and believed what we were being told. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you will forgive those who do not know what they do. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will forgive our fellow brothers and sisters who have been duped, almost certainly unwittingly, by Satan, um, just like when Peter stood before you, Lord Jesus, and you said to him, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm sure Peter had no idea why he said that to him. And I believe from the bottom of my heart that many of our brothers and sisters, and I do mean millions, as you know, Father, and I lift that up before all of the people who, whether they're praying live or whether they are praying in a recorded podcast with us, Father, we just lift up our fellow brothers and sisters that are, we'll just call it, trapped on the seven mountains, the pillow prophets that David Wilkerson prophetically warned about, quoting you know, with remarkable accuracy and anointing the scriptures that help us to understand the concept of what a pillow prophet actually is and how you, Father, uh, dislike that dynamic, and um, to, to put it mildly. And Lord, there are so many that have been, um, what's the word, misled, um, and and they're afraid of what could happen to them. Sometimes they, they may have a myriad of different reasons, Father, but we pray, Father, please, in the name of Jesus. If there is any way possible, just like Jesus said, if it is at all possible, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that those who have been duped, those who have been tricked, those who have been been unwittingly through itchy ears, their own personal desires, 
that they would so quickly grasp and embrace concepts that are non-biblical. And we just pray for them, Father. We pray in the name of Jesus that, that those who have kind of been, I don't know what the, what the, what I, those, those of our fellow brothers and sisters who, for whatever reason, have decided that they want to embrace the concept of a pillow prophet. They want to believe that everything's going to get better. They want to believe that Donald Trump is going to mysteriously just reappear in the White House, which, you know, we're not, you know, Lord God, please just forgive us. Don't please, we ask you to please forgive those who are, who you know are incredibly deceived. Please forgive those of us in your body who are um, misled by their pastors, the churches of the countries that they live in because, you know, they just don't know any better. Please, Father, forgive those, we pray, that are afraid. They may not want to admit it deep down inside, but maybe they're older, maybe they're legs hurt, maybe they have difficulty with difficulty with mobility, maybe they're just deep down inside, or, or just maybe they just came from a generation where they believe from the bottom of their heart that what they were told about this, that about America being um, somehow special because it's supportive of Israel, even though Israel and the United States are the two most judged countries in the world in your Bible. Father, we do not understand, we don't want to even try to understand why or how many of our brothers and sisters came to the place that they're at. We understand and we praise you for this, that very, very noteworthy, in fact, huge majority of relatively large churches or, you know, medium to large churches, those that have, you know, 200 or more people probably, I'm estimating, that many of them have been infiltrated by the Brotherhood of Satan, even on their board of directors as 5013C corporations. And they don't know it. They just don't realize it. And I've seen this in my own I've seen this in my own life when I was conversing closely and becoming friends with elders of churches that I've gone to in the past and listened to what they said. Things like they shook the hands of Herbert you know, uh, George W. Bush and he was a great Christian, not realizing that he is a fallen angelic being by virtue of inviting powerful and very dark, evil, fallen angelic entities, fallen seraphim, to take control of them so that they can have what they perceive as everlasting life. Only to find themselves in a trap that cannot be escaped from. Lord God, the deception that we see happening on the earth is like nothing we have ever seen before. We know that the hour draws close. We don't know the day or the hour. But we praise your holy name and thank you, Father, for helping us to understand. Now, while we do also understand, Father God, and we believe we understand this pretty good, but perhaps not as well as we need to. And we just have to trust you. We just have to learn 
long-suffering. We have to learn it. Because, as you know, Father, without your anointing and without your touch in our lives and our seeking you for help and assistance in our growth, in our pursuit of holiness, which only comes from you. Father, we need your anointing. We need a spiritual touch of your Holy Spirit gift of discernment, faith. We need that outpouring of peace in our lives that we are not duped by the darkness in our circumstances here in this hologram. To become fearful because that fear blocks our flesh-body brains from being able to function in such a way that we are able to act within the peace that you offer us through, the, through your anointing. There's even scientific proof to prove this, Father, and we praise you for that. We thank you for the how you have helped us to understand that physics was created by you, the universe was created by you, all the things that are provable by science were created by you, and to be able to map them back to our existence and why we're here. And that is a glorious thing. And we thank you, Father. You are awesome. And we love you, Jesus. We love you. You are the wind beneath our wings. You are that which will make us not only soar like the, you know, on the wind, like an eagle, the wind beneath our wings, but also to help us mount up with as with wings of eagles, and walk and not be weary and run and not faint. Or is it run and not be weary and walk and not faint? Praise God. Isaiah forty thirty one. Thank you for renewing our strength for those who need that renewal. Thank you, Father God, for drawing us back in, for changing us, for, for, for those of us who have been seeking you fervently, in some cases for many, many, many months, if not years, praying for certain for help with certain behaviors, certain feelings that we have that we need to overcome so that we can be chosen and not just called. Father, we believe and I believe in my heart, although with great humility and hope, through faith, in Jesus' name, that many of us, if not all of us, might be part of the barley harvest, the first watch. I admittedly struggle. I know that just because you show a saint or someone who loves you and is trying to be as close to being a true saint as they can, through continuous self-examination, through judging our own thoughts and behaviors, continuous monitoring of, of every thought that enters our heart, Every moment that we are acting out of faith, which is a sin. So we recognize that even when you talk to your own apostles, Lord Jesus, and said, Oh, ye of little faith, you were really saying, Oh, ye who are uh, lacking faith and also in sin, which is supported by Romans 14.23, that which is not from faith is sin. Father, We need your help. We need your assistance. We want to continue the journey. We want to continue to grow stronger. We we pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that if there is anything lacking in our lives, if there are any behaviors, and I can feel, I, 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 I can testify, and I praise you so much for this, and I praise you, Lord Jesus, for this while 
clearly I am far from arriving. I can see so many changes that you have brought about in myself. And it doesn't mean that I don't get depressed. It doesn't mean that I don't see the reports on the news. It doesn't mean that I don't struggle with a lot of the things that I'm having to go through because they're continuous. They never stop. But I'm certain in my heart that there are so many out there that are praying with us tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus, we ask you for strength and also the wisdom, a word of wisdom through the presence of the Holy Spirit upon our heart to understand how we need to pray, to praise you, Jesus, for things that we know that we have received, but do not see them. Knowing that through that faith, through that, the power of that praise that brings down the walls of Jericho and breaks open iron bars and lets people out of prison. Through that patience, that long-suffering, knowing that you're going to continue to allow us to learn from our struggles, trials, and tribulations and difficulties over and over again, because you love us. Because you love us. And you see the potential for our eternity. And as long as we don't turn away from you, as long as we love you so much that we are willing to allow you as Job to do whatever it is with us that is for the greater good of the kingdom, for the greater good of the kingdom, even if that means laying down our lives as Jesus did, in peace. Let us all, no matter what it is we are going through, behave with the gracious nature, the humility, the foot washers, the foot washers' love and compassion for all of our bro- fellow brothers and sisters, especially those who treat us terrible, and also our fellow family members especially those who treat us badly. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you will please do a mighty work in each of us, furthering our sanctification in our walk and further preparing us for the days that we have ahead. While I understand, Father, that we will never completely understand you, even though we strive to and desire to, Proverbs 25, verse 2, I believe it is, the king's heart is in the, oh, I'm sorry, praise God. Um, well, praise you, Jesus. I want to pull up my, uh, I like to, uh, like to do, I didn't have my Bible up. I was doing everything. Thank you, Father. Okay, Proverbs, okay. It's the glory of, I didn't even have to pull it up. Thank you, Father, for just injecting that into my heart. It's to conceal a matter, and the glory of kings to search out a matter. And Father, we just praise you. Praise you. We praise you for everything, for all the words that are in your scriptures, those that we can commit to our hearts that we would not sin against thee at least not willfully and habitually. And if we are, because we're struggling so, please, Father, look into our hearts and understand that we're going through a period on this earth, this planet, this prison planet, which you know that it is. Of course you do. 
we're going through a period that for anyone who forgive me father but i don't know any other better way to say it but for any well i'll say it this way father for anyone who has awakened that you have blessed with a mighty accurate awakening to the things that are happening on the earth today and being able to see how they read like a newspaper right out of the bible what a blessing that is for the very very few of us, Father, that have been blessed by that. What a blessing it is to have, to be able to know when prophets that are doing a pretty good job are continuously prophesying our imminent departure over and over again every week, almost. Yet, we're able to look at your scripture and understand that the likelihood of that happening that quickly is very low. And that helps us to level set, which is something we all need to be able to do. Because if we if we are caught up in our desire to escape the world, which is highly understandable, and I know you understand it, Father, and I praise you for it, and I thank you for your long-suffering and your mercy for us, but also to help us to understand that every day that we're on this earth is an opportunity to be able to please you, and that desire through the love that we have for you and our Lord is something that you need on this earth for now. And we also praise you for awakening us, even 10 years ago for me, to have written in an article called, you know, the multi-phase rescue mission having to somehow, I don't know how I just read Luke 35 through 37, and to me it was like reading a newspaper. And I knew that if you were picking up the second watch Jesus, you were picking up the third watch Jesus, then where was the first? I saw immediately the direct parallel of the words to the you know, wise virgins and the fact that you were coming back from a wedding. It was just so clear. The Bible reads like a newspaper. It just reads exactly like a newspaper now. There isn't even anything parable-ish about the parables. They all read like a newspaper. Father, we praise you for this. This is an incredible gift. It doesn't make it easy in fact, the more that we understand, as your scripture says in Ecclesiastes 1.18, the more that we understand, the more devastating it can be to our psyche, to our, to, to our need to renew our minds. We ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for an anointing to come upon each of us. And that anointing, Father, we're asking you, please, through that anointing, to teach us because even though there are myriads of prophecies that communicate in an eventual period of time where an anointing and outpouring of the Holy Spirit will occur to empower your servants during exceedingly dark times, what we do not know and have no evidence to indicate is whether or not that outpouring is even going to happen at all for the first watch, the first root, the Shavuot, the Shavuot, Shavuot wedding, 
the gathering of the barley in the omer, the barley harvest, which, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that if there is any course correction in our lives that needs to happen, first, Father, we pray out of your mercy for us and love for us, we pray in Jesus' name that our hearts will be touched through the presence of the Holy Spirit in such a fashion that you will gently lead us, that you will change our hearts. Proverbs 21.1, Father says, The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord like the rivers of water. You turn it wherever you wish. Psalm 112, verse 7 says, He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Father, we pray that you will use this present, this gift, this amazing promise, this uh, revelation associated with how close you are to those of us who love you and are trying very hard to live in purity, holiness, and righteousness in a world that is... In a world, Father, quite frankly, that if we didn't dig ourselves some kind of an underground cavern, I'm not so sure we could get away from. I really don't know if we could, unless we lock ourselves away. Don't go anywhere. Father, What a, it's such an incredibly difficult walk. So unbelievably difficult. And I don't think, based upon what you told us, Jesus, that we've hit the pinnacle of that journey. But we praise you because we know that there are three watches. We praise you that you have allowed us to understand through your mercy that there's a barley harvest. Then there's a wheat harvest. And Father, we pray that you will forgive those who do not understand the wheat harvest. They do not understand that there will be probably hundreds of Hundreds, maybe billions of people on the earth that have died by then in mass deaths. Extremely large uh, percentages of the United States that will no longer exist before the wheat harvest even begins, the day of the Lord and the three days of darkness, the final harvest. And to understand that we are currently in a harvest. And that through our the power of Jesus Christ, through our prayers that we have the power of he who sung all of creation into existence, yet, while we feel that we have adequate faith and we feel that we're showing up, so by golly, by virtue of showing up, we must have faith, that we don't comprehend your love, and we don't comprehend. We don't at all comprehend what faith to move a mountain is like. And that, by its very nature, is a lack of faith. It's not because we don't have the power. It's because we don't, I guess we just don't believe enough. And we're we stand against that emotion, 
We stand against any notion that the darkness would inject into us but via a fiery dart. We pray for your anointing to overwhelm us. Lord Jesus, we look at you across that water and we want to walk on it. We submit ourselves into your hands, Lord Jesus. We submit ourselves into your hands, our spirit and soul. We consecrate it directly there and ask you to hold us tight and to direct our path. Even though we may lack at times through our emotional reactions to the darkness that we're surrounded by and the treatment that we were receiving as we progress deeper into the Olivet Discourse and the period of persecution, not even understanding for certain exactly how exactly how long we're going to be here, but having an, an, uh, such a blessing to have been shown that at the end of the third seal it says, do not harm the oil or the wine, and that that is a direct reference to the bride, which should be a holistic reference to all of the bride, including the barley harvest. So that seems to indicate, Father, and I pray if, if it is at all possible and if you desire to do so, if there is any error in the wisdom that you, through your incredible mercy, have imparted upon myself and others, then if there's any error, any deviation from your perfect will, Father, we pray, or, or our understanding of the Scripture as it relates to, the, to our behaviors, our journey, our walk, our sanctification process, whatever it is, Father, we pray in Jesus' name, please. We submit willingly ourselves into your hands. Whatever, Father, we have to go through, please let us not miss. As scary as it is to consider what could happen, let us walk in peace knowing that this journey that we're on in this hologram, this prison planet, is merely a training ground and that our Intellect is not rewarded. The blessings that you give us through the revelations of the scripture and the harmonious interconnection and synergy that exists between all of the verses when we begin to learn to discern the word spiritually, which only occurs out of context. Well with a little help sometimes from context, but mostly without context. Father, we praise you for that because it's a golden gift. It's a gift that, it, it, it's a pearl of a price that we cannot even us. It helps us to understand why. It is so, so hard, Father, to go through these things and not understand why. And when we understand why, and we understand that your focus on our, on on everything that happens to us while we're in this, this this prison, this prison, that your focus in bringing us to an expected end is not an expected end here on this earth, but is an expected end which is the beginning of our eternity. 
that our behaviors, how we feel, how we pray, how we desire your presence, how we praise, how we sing, how we wake up in the morning, certain that we're going to receive that gift, positive that you're going to help us to get over uh, the, the challenges that we're experiencing in our lives and our feelings and our the the frustrations that we're going through and uh, all the different things that we have to experience and go through, really. It even says in your, uh, your, I don't have the scripture memorized, but to paraphrase that, you know, going through trials and tribulations is what's required of us, and essentially to make it into heaven. There has to be some of that. For good reason, obviously, because without going through them, and and I I I really need to go back and take another look at that scripture. Praise you, Jesus, because I I think there's a little bit more to it than that. Um, particularly knowing that when people are cold or hot, they're they're in a better place with you, Father, than when people have their Bibles, when people have access to a very advanced, anointed understanding of our existence. Yet they don't, because of itchy ears, look into it. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search out that matter. Kings and priests are we because of your love. Kings and priests are we because of your unbelievable mercy. Lord, we praise you for the understandings that you have brought us. We pray only that your will is done in our lives. We ask you, Lord Jesus, please, as our advocate, to lift up before the courts of heaven and our Father on our behalf, and to also pray with the cloud of witnesses on our behalf. If all of heaven is rejoicing, if all of heaven's eyes are upon us, as the scripture implies, and as the testimony of those who have been taken to heaven supports and suggests. We, Father, do not understand because we have drunk, we have drank in accordance with your will from the cup of forgetfulness. We don't remember. But, Father, you must have known. Of course you did. Psalm 139. 139, verse 16, Ephesians 2, 10 the works that you have written in our books before, I believe, before there was even an earth, possibly even before time, certainly before the fall. I would. That's what I believe. And Scripture supports it. It just doesn't word it precisely like that. But we praise you for that understanding, the depth of the understanding, because with that depth comes also the understanding of why we have to pray for your help. Because we certainly do not want to miss 
I don't, and I don't think anyone else does. So when our families are saying bad things about us, making us feel just horrible because we have emotional ties to them, our feelings are hurt. When when we are ostracized and to the point where we're in a room with a hundred people yet we have no one to talk to. Teach us, Father, we pray, please, and present to us opportunities that we might stand on holy ground. Place before us people and that we might be able to, through your anointing and placing of the words in our mouth, through the Holy Spirit, to say just the right things, not being blunt, but simply asking questions. To lead people to understand that the dynamics that are occurring globally are harbingers of our eminent departure. For the things which I am praying for, Father, and the others that are joining me in these prayers are praying for. Father, where two or three are gathered together, how much more so when it's numbers far beyond that. We lift ourselves up as a sacrifice, our bodies, which of course include our soul, our spirit, our minds, our heart. As a living sacrifice, and we pray, Father, through your anointing, holy and acceptable as our spiritual service of worship to you. We pray, Father, that you will find us holy and acceptable as we, even as we struggle with those things that I, I, in my wildest imagination, I cannot understand how anybody would not struggle, knowing the things that you have blessed us with knowing. Although we are aware, and we praise you for them, because they are our brothers and sisters, and we love every one of them. And we pray, Father, if there are those out there that just can't, simply cannot handle, I was like that so much for years and years, I could not handle the idea that we would be here much longer. And also, Father, we praise you for teaching us through the um, election of Donald Trump, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, it's irrelevant because we are citizens of heaven. We don't worship him and we could care less one way or the other. We just want to be with you. But forgiving, Father, we pray, please, to forgive those who were born in generations where they were taught indeed sociologically programmed to have allegiances to which, in their view, is quite different than those of us who you have awakened to the real dynamics, the things like Henry Wallace being a Satanist and also the vice president of Roosevelt during World War II, who was a 33rd degree Mason, understanding that our dollar bill was created by some kind of a Hindu guru named Nicholas Rorick. 
understand why Albert Pike, the founder of the Scottish Rite, one of the most evil groups in the world, would write a book admitting that he worships Lucifer, communicates with him, and having it become the evil Bible of the most unfortunate organization probably ever, the Masons. Father, we pray that those who are deceived, unwittingly, they just don't know any better. We know we're blessed because you have ordained us, you have anointed us with, I don't know, gifts, some kind of touch of wisdom. I don't understand it. But it has happened. It is a reality. And it empowers us to be able to witness to people on a level that is completely opposite of churchianity. Where we are able to touch people and to help them understand that we have entered deeply into the end times right now and things are about to explode. Oh, Father, we pray in Jesus' name that those who simply cannot grasp the concept of your saints having to go through difficult and dark times. We pray for them, Father, because we don't want them to lose faith. We pray for the foolish virgins, Father, because we want them to get oil in their lamps now. We pray for ourselves, Lord, that whatever part of our walk isn't quite where you want it to be, that the Holy Spirit will impart that upon us, no matter how stubborn, no matter how much we believe we're doing the right thing. Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name that you will impart upon our hearts. And, Lord Jesus, that you will redirect our hearts, that we understand and that we no longer desire or are miraculously delivered from behaviors, emotions, frustrations, whatever they are, whatever those, whatever they are that cause us to slide slightly off course, not recognizing the eternal glory that awaits us, not recognizing that all of the things that we're going through now are part of your journey for us out of your love for us. So many millions of otherwise good believers, Father, as you know, don't even understand the most fundamental concepts. They're oblivious to the biblical timeline that we're in right now. They're focused fully an unshakable, believing that they're acting in faith, in their ignorance. Believing, Father God, that an elected official is what they need to be praying over. Not even recognizing that the Bride of Jesus Christ is part of 195 major countries and 243 with the island nations. So myopic and self-centered are we, or some of us, 
that we simply cannot and will not and refuse to, many of us, many of the body of Christ, refuse to accept what the Bible says is going to happen. And to acknowledge that it is happening. To understand that you are in control. And as our Father... You're allowing these things to happen because your scripture explains to us why. Isaiah 26, verse 9. Hallelujah. When your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. That those judgments will cause those people to do that they're not doing now. For 1 John 3, 7 says, He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as Jesus was righteous. And practicing righteousness, just like practicing anything else, is not perfection. Understanding that it is willful and habitual sin. Not, it, it's, it's almost an apostatizing sort of a choice where we know better, but we just go ahead and keep on doing it. Or because of an addiction or some other issue. Lord Jesus, we turn it all over to your hands. We take whatever it is that we are struggling with, whatever it is, we hold it in our hands and we lay it at the foot of your cross. Let us look up at your sympathetic, indeed, compassionate eyes from the bottom of that cross, understanding that you and only you can take those burdens away from us. through the renewing of our mind. We pray in Jesus' name, and we understand that we got to row the boat or we're going to hit the rocks, and we praise you for that. But at the same time, Father, we ask you to open only the doors that you want to have opened in our lives and to slam shut those doors that you don't want us to walk through. We need your guidance, Isaiah thirty twenty one. You will hear in your ear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it when we, whenever we turn to the left hand or whenever we turn to the right. And I've experienced that, Father. You know what happened and why. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that this can be part of our daily walk. And for those of us who are trapped because of our age, in a place where we have no choice but to work in some of the most awful work conditions ever. Not that it's collapsing. It's part of the third seal. Part of the third seal. Thank you, Father. We praise you for helping us to understand, Lord Jesus, that since only you can break the seals on the scrolls, to understand that the, that the true understanding the anointed 
God-given wise understanding of the metaphor of the scrolls and the seals of Revelation 6, that all those seals can be snapped open on those scrolls. But those scrolls can roll out at the same time which is exactly what we're seeing happening before our eyes if we're paying attention. Or we, And Father, we pray for those who don't know how to, to see the things that are happening over in Russia right now, and they just don't understand it, and they don't know how to use the technologies. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that you will help them Indeed, if there is anybody that wants to understand how to be able to see the things that are actually happening over there and not be just be subject to the lying media, your scripture says, Father, that all liars will be cast into the lake of fire, Gehenna. That sure is an awful lot of people, Father. Lord God, direct our paths. Mercifully lead us. If you can change the heart, king's heart, you can change our hearts too. If we have a proclivity to any behavior that does not please you, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will direct us heart port. Get us back exactly where we need to be to make the barley harvest. Not because we, not because, you know why, Father, more than anything, it's because we want to come home. But we also know, Jesus, that you said to Peter, if you love me, if, if you love me, feed my sheep. Three times. Which makes it probably thousands of times more powerful. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three and one. We give you all the praise and worship and glory, Father, for directing our path, that we should walk in it, that we should walk in the path that you've designed for us understanding that you're looking at our eternity, understanding that you need us, contrary to what many in churchianity would say, things like, oh, if you won't do it, God will just put somebody else to do it. Not understanding how the kingdom works, not understanding that that can be the case in some cases, but quite frequently is not the case at all, and that you actually do need us to stand. You call out the critical, the the absolute critical nature of our relationship that by virtue of your will and your perfect design of all the universes and all of creation through Jesus, That you, Father God, will not remember our sins. That you need us 
that you say that you won't remember our sins for your for your sake that we need to keep you in the forefront of our heart so that through our prayer we can work together so that we can confess of our sins and state our case that we would be acquitted Isaiah 43:25 what an amazing verse and to understand that there's different verses in the Bible that are talking to different groups for different reasons. There are different prophecies, and the prophecies sometimes are directed at unbelievers. Sometimes they're directed at the foolish virgins. Sometimes they're directed at the people that will be cast into the great tribulation, the tribulation saints. Father, thank you. Because without that understanding the journey that many of us are on by virtue of the gift of having the wisdom that has been, how would we say it, anointed upon us over years of time to bring us to that not just expected end of this journey, but the beginning of the greatest discovery, the greatest journey forever, which is really our arrival is only the beginning. Oh, Lord, I'm curious how long we'll have to be trained before we're able to really rule and reign with Jesus over all creation. I wonder. Could be a long time. Father, I pray that every person that is participating in this prayer It's chosen by you to be part of the barley harvest and the first fruits of the bride of Jesus Christ, our King. That our hearts and our desires, our behaviors, when we recognize they're just not right, that we throw ourselves at your mercy and beseech you with tears for help. To be willing to sacrifice whatever it is that's a part of our lives that that we're endeared by, our comforts, our homes, whatever it takes. And Father, if through your mercy and grace, somehow you see somehow a journey for us that does not require us to go through exceedingly horrible times, perhaps be in your presence before some of those really exceedingly horrible times occur. That would be an incredible blessing. But Father, we promise you from the bottom of our heart, no matter how bad things get, we will never stop loving you. We will never stop loving you. I won't. How could I? How could I even consider it? And I just praise you, Father, and I pray that every person that is praying now with us is praising you, that, Lord Jesus, we thank you from the very, very depths of our heart. We thank you because with all this comes an anointed determination and godly sorrow that we should even Imagine displeasing our Father. You are our Father. 
You do have your home in Mount Zion, in heaven, in the heavenly Jerusalem. And we praise you for that. We thank you for these revelations, these understandings. We praise you for helping us to understand how we need to pray. We praise you for helping us to understand that speaking in tongues bypasses all of the attempts of the devil to hinder our prayers. We praise you, Father God, for all of the revelations, the understanding that we have the ability to wield the holy fire of God as a weapon against the enemy. What blessings. What blessings. It's an amazing journey, Father. Even as I sit here and look at some of the paperwork on my desk right here, much of which concerns me greatly because of the potential for highly negative things to happen, I lay it all, every piece of it, at the foot of the cross. Your will be done. Whatever it is, if you want my journey to pivot, so be it. If you want any of our journeys on this earth to pivot and go a different direction, so be it. We submit ourselves into your will, and we do it with all of the love of our heart, because you are our Father, and you are looking out for our eternity. And we thank you, Father, for revealing to us through the testimonies of those who've been taken to the real heaven, not the satanic mock-up, that our journeys here on the earth and how we behave and how we strive to grow in you and how much we love you, the fruit that we bear through your blessing, the quality of the fruit, not the quantity of the fruit, and that Prayer in and of itself is one of the most powerful and anointed, loving, kind, merciful, empathic things that we can possibly do. That it is arguably the very, very, very most important thing that we can do to serve you. As it says in the book of Samuel, have it right here. Moreover, as for me, far be it for me from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. First Samuel twelve, twenty three. Thank you, Father, for the revelations that you've given us. I cannot imagine I just can't imagine that with the amount of love that you have for each of us, particularly evidence the unbelievably advanced understandings that have been imparted that your desire would be anything but the very best but we have to recognize of course also that if we love you Jesus Our hearts will be very, very, very focused on feeding your sheep. Whether that be 
through praying for their salvation, the salvation of the lost, praying for mercy for those who need it, praying for our fellow brothers and sisters who are snarky, mean, indifferent, ostracizing by nature, members of our family, whatever the case may be, Father, praying and understanding that through that prayer, we are wielding the sword of the Spirit. We are wielding the very Word of God, which by its by the Word itself is indeed Jesus Christ, the Creator of creation. We praise you, Father, for all that you have given us, and all we ask, please, in Jesus' name, is that you direct our path, make it straight. Renew our hearts and our minds. Change them as you're able to, just like you can change the king's heart. Just like you can give favor to Nehemiah. When he prayed to you, O Lord, I pray, please, please let your let you please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayers of your servants who desire to fear your name, and let your servant, us, Father, prosper in these days. We pray, Father, that you will grant us mercy in the sight of those who without your intercession would destroy us. For, Father, we are not able to glorify you if the darkness is allowed to beat us down. And we praise you and thank you because we know that you will hear these prayers. I have seen it in my life, and I know that others will too eventually, as we learn, as we fight our way through the struggles. And we also recognize, Father, that there is something about those of us who are exceedingly emotional, that when it is channeled, yeah, sure, I know, I use the evil word, Ah, but Timothy 1.15 says, To the pure, all things are pure. Are funneled, are channeled, are focused, when our emotions are used as part of the power of Christ, in alignment with your word and your will. Heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power is released upon the earth. And that, just the understanding of that, makes it rather unthinkable that we should not use that power on behalf of our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus. Father, we don't love you enough. We pray that you will fill us with love for you. Through our confession, since there is life and death in the power of the tongue, we are going to tell you, we love you, we love you, we love you. We love you, we love you, 
We love you. We adore you, Jesus. We thank you. Let us see your face all the time. We trust you, Father. We are speaking it forth through the power that you have given us in Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. We accept the challenge. We petition you for help to stand up and meet that challenge in accordance with your holy will. In Jesus' name we pray, and thank you, Father God. Amen. Tonight is October the 7th of 2022, the 12th of Tishri, 5783. And the next holiday is Sukkot, October 10, or maybe it's Sukkos. I don't know, that's the way it's written here in my Hebrew uh, thingy here. October 10th of 2022. Praise you, Jesus. And tonight, it is 8.09 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. Hallelujah. And tonight, Father, we praise you, we worship you, and we light the Sabbath candles. You can call them the Shabbat candles. You can call them whatever you want. Thank you for Romans 14, Father, and thank you for setting us free. But we choose, for as for me and my house, as for us and our houses, we choose to serve you, Father. I light three candles, one for the Father, thank you, Jesus, one for the Son, hallelujah, and one for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We praise you. The Hebrew Kadesh. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Peri Hagafen Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodsho v'yava u'v'ratzon hinchilanu Zikaron l'mase v'reshit Ki hu yom techila Lemikra Kodesh Zechelitiat Mitraim Kivanu Vacharta Vyotanu Kidashta Mikol Hamim Vishabhat Kodshecha Be'ava Uvratzon Hinchaltanu Baruch Adonai Mekadesh Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me, for you are my dove, 
hidden in the split-open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face. Let me hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little sins, those foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together.
Spurgeon, Morning and Evening Devotional, the evening of May 19th. And he asked that he might die. 1 Kings 19.4 It was a remarkable thing that the man who was never to die, for whom God had ordained an indefinitely better lot, the man who would be carried to heaven, and a chariot of fire. (laughs) Praise God. That's amazing when you think about it. And a chariot of fire. And be translated and not see death. Should thus pray, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. We have here a memorable proof that God does not always answer prayer in kind. In other words, it doesn't always give you exactly what you ask for. Though he always does, in effect, so he's going to answer your prayer, but it might, might not be the answer you were originally looking for. He gave Elijah something better than what he asked for, and thus really heard and answered him. It was strange that the lion-hearted Elijah should be so depressed by Jezebel's threat as to ask to die. And yet, it was so kind on the part of our Heavenly Father not to take his despondent servant at his word. There is a limit to the doctrine of the prayer of faith. We are not to expect that God will give us everything that we choose to ask for. We know that we sometimes ask and do not receive because we ask wrongfully. Or, as it says in the book of James, we ask amiss. If we ask for that which is not promised, if we run counter, contrary to the Spirit, that the Lord would have us cultivate and grow within our walk and sanctification process. I'm adding that in there to expand it. If we ask contrary to God's will or to the decrees of his uh, providence, in other words, what? so not, not only contrary to God's ultimate will for our lives, if we ask contrary to his ultimate will for our lives, But also, if we ask against the decrees of his providence, 
Now, what that what that is saying is, in one case, we don't want to ask contrary to God's will, but we also don't want to be asking for things that are contrary to what God has laid out for our path. Because God expected end, and it's about our eternity, not our life on this earth. Every Bible scripture, I believe with all of my heart, virtually almost all, not all, but if we looked through, if we read the Bible through eternal eyes, everything makes sense. If we ask for that which is not promised, or if we run counter to the spirit that the Lord would have us cultivate, if we ask contrary to his will or to the decrees of his providence, in other words, where he is intending to bring us, if we ask merely for self-gratification without a concern for God's glory, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, John 14, 12, 13, and 14, Ask whatever you will in my name, and you will get it, that the Father may be glorified in his Son. If we ask merely for self-gratification without a concern for God's glory, we must not expect that we will receive. But when we ask in faith, not doubting, if we do not receive the precise thing for which we asked, we'll receive either an equivalent, or something way better. As one had remarked, if the Lord does not pay in silver, he will pay in gold. And the word pay in this case would be a get, you know, a uh, essentially an anointing, a gift, a response to our prayers and the associated prophet, as Paul put it at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 about allowing our bodies to be burned, we will receive, it will profit, you know, if we do it not out of love, it will profit us nothing. In other words, we'll receive no rewards for it. So, so we may find ourselves in the outer darkness, or which is really just the shadowy areas of heaven, and not be able to enter into Mount Zion, the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, where there's an innumerable company of angels, and where there is no shadow of turning because of the glory of God. But that is in Mount Zion, where the pearly gates are surrounding it, where the crystal river flows over it, down in to the country mansions, some of which are very large, many of which are reserved for missionaries, um, but even the vast majority of which for those who are pretty good Christians, at least putting some effort forth into seeking the Lord, the country mentions are very beautiful, maybe not especially large. We all, we here on earth perceive the, the term of a mansion as being something gigantic in nature. 
I really believe with all of my heart that Thomas Kincaid was anointed by the Lord. Maybe not the perfect Christian, I don't know. But I can tell you that I am with powerful certainty that the beautiful cottages painted in miraculous light that was a gift from God clearly are very much like the country mansions that have been seen by those who have been taken to glory. And to also be blessed in our understanding because of those that our Father has taken to heaven, that there are places that are further out, way, 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 way further out. And that is part of our tasks that we can volunteer for We don't have to accept, we're not being forced, but we'll be asked to do things. And one of those things are to go out further into the outer darkness and to minister to those who by virtue of their disobedience, for whatever reason, or maybe they were just death row salvationese, we'll say, um don't really understand they didn't learn while they were on the earth. Their rewards were essentially non-existent. Or they didn't give the way that they should have out of love. Remember, if it's not out of love, it profits you nothing. That means no rewards. So we must always examine our hearts because if we are not in absolutely head over heels in love with our Father and our Lord Jesus, we're falling short. And being in love with our Father and our Lord Jesus means that we feel utterly blessed and blown away that God would love us so much that he would allow us to go through the things that we must go through in order to be rewarded at the level that he wants to reward us. Looking, keeping our mind stayed on things above and not on things of the earth, Colossians 3, 2, I believe. It goes on to say, again, As one remarks, if the Lord does not pay in silver, he will pay in gold. If he does not pay in gold, he will pay in diamonds. If he does not give you precisely what you ask for, he will give you that, which is tantamount to it, the same, and that which you will be happy to receive in place. So, dear reader, be much in prayer. Be much in prayer and make this evening a time of earnest intercession. But be careful what you ask for. Praise God. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will alter our hearts, our minds, our souls that you will bless us and anoint us in such a way through our sanctification and through your mercy that our hearts will be changed. If there are behaviors that displease you, 
but we are unaware that they are displeasing you. We pray, Father, that you will touch our hearts, renew our minds. Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord like the rivers of water. You turn it wherever you wish. We pray that you will turn our hearts wherever you wish. That we may receive the gold and the diamonds. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Amen. Praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus.
Lord, let me always follow you and humble my heart. Praise God. Ecclesiastes seven fourteen. Wow, is this <laughs> this is like supernaturally um, an appointed verse for us all today, for sure. Not that it wasn't for other generations, but for us today, for us today. For those of us who are awake and aware to all the things that are happening, including the 300,000 troop pulled up on the west or eastern side, the Donbass of Russian troops, the probably 20, 30, 50 miles worth of flatbed trains carrying military equipment, tanks, and all that into position. The suspicious disappearance of the Belgorod submarine, which has the ability to fire um, nuclear-tipped torpedoes that can explode and cause 1,000-foot tidal waves that are full of nuclear radiation. And knowing that the Antichrist himself is behind it all. Wow. Really, when you think about it, that's an amazing thing. But boy, does that just scream how close we have to be. It just screams it. Yet, look at how many are oblivious. As a wise man once said, there are so many, so many that are oblivious. And what's really frightening is that they're oblivious to the fact that they're oblivious. For our citizenship is in heaven, for which we also wait for our Savior Jesus, who will transform our lowly bodies, well, you can say that again, (laughs) that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to even subdue all things. Do you suppose that includes trillions of galaxies and civilizations and universes and dimensions, realms that we don't understand or comprehend? And again, back to that scripture that is just for us for this time, more than ever before. Enjoy prosperity while you can. But when hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing is certain in this life. Those are some mighty, powerful words. For those of us who see how close we are to the absolute collapse of the entire Western world, which, by the way, would ultimately beckon God's current appointee 
found a red horse to move in and close out the problem. Although, I will share that there is a an anointed man by the name of Michael Mullen who was taken to heaven and believe it or not, but of course this is highly biblical, but only very, very few would understand it. You have to be able to embrace that it rains on the just and the unjust. You have to be able to embrace when the scripture says, blessed, or um, I believe it is blessed in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. You can look it up. Just search for death of his saints, and you'll find it. You can just type it into any search engine, put the word Bible there, and bam, it'll pop right up. Hallelujah. When we understand all these dynamics, praise Jesus, that this is not our home. And honestly, James, the brother of Jesus, said clearly, if we are friends of the earth, then we are at enmity, hatred with God, enmity. So when we're all wrapped up and concerned about the matters of the earth and not the divine holy will of our Father, we run completely contrary to his will. Oh, how I wish I could get my own sisters to just read Ecclesiastes 7.14 and to put a little bit of thought into it, just a little, but I can't. I love them. For that matter, I wished quite a while ago I had moved out of Florida and gone ahead and moved up there because they're getting older and I'm not, I don't know the way things are going right now. I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to see them again. And to make matters worse with the hurricane, they're bumping everybody's homeowner's insurance in Florida up times three minimum and some much higher, which means they won't be able to pay their mortgage, which means they'll get foreclosed on, particularly because the Fed has hiked the interest rate. So the homeowner, the purchase of homes, even used, is going way down. So if you monitor Zillow, you will see that people are dropping their prices and they're asking prices like crazy right now because nobody's buying. I really kind of do wish, looking back, that when I had the opportunity, I'd have just gone ahead and dumped this place and grabbed myself a nice little house, sufficient to ride it out be around my family? Or could it be that God's will is that I just hang out here, that maybe the black helicopters will come and get me? (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. There's already a bunch of Christians that are, you know, maybe they weren't, maybe their hearts weren't in exactly the right place. Maybe Psalm 91 didn't really apply to them because they weren't dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. 
probably not. But nevertheless, even though they probably had skewed allegiances, it's most unfortunate what we see happening around the world, even in this country, really. Most, it's what I have discovered, for example, just today, I'll share this with you. It's rather amazing, really. I don't honestly think in my heart that many of us, because of our life circumstances, understand how many people God is reaching right now. For example, I had a conversation with two people today. One of them I've worked with before, and we have always gotten along good. And one of them I've never spoken with before. Both of them are exceedingly intelligent consultants. One of them is ex-FBI, but he was on their cyber crime unit, so had nothing to do with these creeps that are doing the evil things they're doing. Um, but real super smart guy. I mean, scary smart guy. And I really mean that. Very smart. And another one. His name was George. And I had to help each of them do something different. Anyway, in our conversations, um, I have a way of hinting around about things. Like, for example, when the, when the fellow Michael that I am going to Phoenix with, when we started to talk, I, he said, oh, well, um, the client is very, you know, he's met her before and he was briefing me. Because, you know, we want things to go well. We want to make the client happy or else, you know, that ain't good. So, and I'm just sharing this with you because this is how God opens up opportunities for you to stand on holy ground. And if you don't see those opportunities, you're missing. I don't want you to miss. I don't want you to miss any rewards. I want you to get everything. I want you to be my boss. <laughs> Okay, because then maybe you'll have a little mercy for me, <laughs> right? Praise God. But anyway, um, so I said, so Michael says, well, you have to understand the client. She's kind of an unusual person. She comes from this background and that background and everything. And she just, for some reason, she just is very personable. And she likes you to tell her, she wants you to be her friend. She just likes it when you tell her things like, hey, I'm going fishing or, hey, I'm going sailing or, you know, that kind of stuff. That She, she loves that. And I said to Michael, well, that puts me in a kind of a crummy situation because I have absolutely no life at all. I got nothing I can share with her. And if I and and I said about the only thing I do in my spare time is study conspiracy information, which I've done for years. And um, if I share that with her, she's going to think I'm a raving lunatic. And he laughed. 
But you see, by virtue of saying that, I knew I was opening up communication channels with him to see, to test him, to see what he would think. It's one thing to tell somebody that you're a conspiracy theorist. It's a completely different dynamic when you say that you are, but you're not saying it in such a way that you're trying to push some information down their throat. There's the opportunity. So somebody could come up to you and say to you, what do you do for a living? Who are you? Hey, it's great to meet you. What do you think about this strange pandemic stuff? Don't you think there's something? I mean, these are doors that God is opening in front of you. And if you miss, you missed an opportunity to stand on holy ground. You missed an opportunity to bear fruit. And that's a shame. So when I said that, I you know, I said, I am one of the worst conspiracy theorists in the world. If I tell her that, she's going to think I'm a raving lunatic. Now, I said it to be funny, but I also said it because I wanted to open up a door. Because once that door is open, the conversation flows, and it's two-way. And I quickly came to realize Michael was very aware that the West is collapsing itself, that we're cutting our own nose off despite our face. And when dynamic exists in your interaction, you have been given a gift from God. And I told Michael, Oh, yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. You wouldn't believe the stuff I've discovered. Man, the church has things wrong. Now, that really, by the way, a a quasi-believer, when you say that to them, their eyes light up. (laughs) Okay? I'm just here to tell you, when you say to them that churchianity doesn't have it right, and the story is much bigger than what they think. You should see the tone of voice change. The, their eyes light up. They're like, what do you know? Because everything I've heard from the church is bunk. And then you get the opportunity to say, well, what I discovered in my research of 12 years was to everything, all the stuff they talk about on ancient aliens, the ancient Sumerian tablets, the clay tablets with the spaceships on them, the vastness of the universe and the civilizations that exist all throughout it, the billions of years that the earth has been in existence, What you're doing is you're blowing that individual's mind because they were at some point in their life utterly turned off by churchianity and, in their opinion, an unacceptable explanation for their existence. One of the first things I told them was, You know what the real problem is with what's going on right now in the world? 
is that it's all about the rise of the new world order. Ah, they call it the global reset. Sure, they got a name for everything. You got this weird world economic forum and this Klaus Schwab Nazi over there calling shots. And, you know, and who in the world would think for a second that Biden had enough of a brain operating that he could do anything without injections of Ritalin? You know, I I explained to him that the Secret Service people were calling up Alex Jones and all that kind of – and he was familiar with all of that. Not that he was a regular listener. I'm just saying he, there are certain things that he was familiar with, you know. And so there was there was a connection being made. And I said, you know, one of the other things that's weird is that churchianity looks at the vast majority of the Bible as a big fat metaphor. They can't explain it. And when you flip it around properly, you realize that the Bible is not a big metaphor because you now have the pieces of the puzzle that you need to make it all work. I said, Satan is on an executive severance package. That's why God doesn't destroy him. God's using him. There is no such thing as an atheist and a foxhole. You know, these are concepts that anybody, and even the most unbelieving unbeliever ever, can embrace. When you tell someone that the the metaphors of the king of Tyre, which is actually a reference to Lucifer, and how Lucifer would jump from one uh, burning stone to another, you know, move from one burning stone to another burning stone, when you interpret that any other way, then Lucifer being in charge of different solar systems and moving from one sun to another sun how do we how do we refer scientifically speaking and so god created science and physics contrary to what churchianity will tell you um how do we explain the concept of satan jesus and our Father to an unbeliever. What you've got to do is get out of the belief system of churchianity and completely eradicate it from your mind and be able to speak with authority and certainty that the Bible is literal, that our Heavenly Father has a specific interest in us because We're here for a reason, and it's not a good reason. We're intended to be stuck here on this prison planet, but there's a reason behind it. And when we understand that reason, then we're well positioned to take advantage of the gift. When you make Jesus and our Heavenly Father and Satan real to the individual by virtue of talking about them as very real, very interested, and explain even lately why. You're not just planting a seed. You're planning an entire cornfield. 
And then Acts 2.17, sorry, 2.21, all those who call out upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, kicks in. That's a special verse, by the way, because it's not afforded to everybody. It's only afforded to those who are going through blood, fire, and vapor of smoke, then all those who call out upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So your assumption with a healthy assumption, might be that that individual may or may not accept everything that you said. But they're intrigued, and that's important. And they're receiving what you're saying because it is contrary to the nonsense of churchianity that they rejected long ago. And suddenly it starts to make sense. At that moment in time, you have planted such a cornfield into their heart that even if they're not really sure they accept what you said, at some point, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke will occur. And when it does, that person will call out upon the name of the Lord, and you will see them in glory. In fact, to go back to what I was saying earlier about how we are offered the opportunity to perform tasks, that's that's what they call them, tasks. I mean, we're not just all sitting around cooking Thanksgiving dinner every day. We, we, We have things that the Lord asks us to do because people are given opportunities to grow up in heaven. So if they, you know didn't understand what they were doing here on the earth, and they were marginal Christians at best, which, by the way, is better than being blessed and not taking advantage of it. That's why Jesus said, you know, and, you know, and his, his rebuke of the church of Laodicea, I would want for you to either be hot or cold. There's going to be a lot of cold Christians in heaven because God's going to cut them a break. And by the way, this is covered by Luke 12. Verses 47 and 48. The more that we are given, the more that will be required. I have precious saints that are friends of mine that are always looking out for my best interest, knowing that I'm getting older and knowing that my job is kicking my hiney cheek into another dimension. And they say things like, you know, and they mean, well, they, they, they're, they're loving and they're precious. But they'll say things like, well, you know, John, you are getting older. You know, maybe you should, you know, maybe you can just cut back and only do a Sunday radio show. Not that the thought hasn't crossed my mind, I assure you. But if you read Luke twelve forty seven and 48, <laughs> you might as well join Solomon. For to him whom much has been given, much will be required. And to whom much, I forget how it goes, something like and to, to him who more has been given, they will ask all the more, or something like that. So basically, 
the more you, you are blessed by God with revelations, with mysteries, and understanding the mysteries of the Bible, and you know, knowing where we are in the end times, and being able to articulate that and explain that the second seal is about the red horse, and, and God gives a sword to the person, the rider of the red horse, that he should go out and uh, uh, you know, um, conquer. And then you realize that Russia is the Red Army. How comprehensive does your lobotomy have to be to not get that? How in denial are you? How can somebody read, uh, what is it, Revelation 6 verse 3 or something like that, where it talks about the black horse and, uh, you know... uh, you know, if they're not reading, if they're reading the King James, I can understand why they wouldn't understand it because it's, you know, it uses terminology that is not easily understandable in our season. However, if you're reading any other translation, well, I digress. If you're reading any of the better translations, which there are many, you will quickly see that that reference to an, you know, what do they call it? An ephod or what? Not what's not an ephod? What is that? I forget. But anyway, you know that that uh, that you know uh, um, that the barley and the wheat that is referenced is essentially a day's wages, which is cannot be interpreted in any other way other than a global financial collapse, which we already see well into progress, if the current dynamic that is in place right now continues. And we have seen bar none, no indication whatsoever that anything that is currently occurring is going to slow down. What we see is a deception from Satan himself coming out of the lips of the media. These are lies that are controlled by the global satanic crime syndicate. Global satanic crime syndicate. And they are telling you, what they want you to know so that they can keep you off the trail of the inevitable, which is that everything that's happening right now aligns perfectly to the Holy Bible and discloses to those of us who love our Father and seek Him and read His Word and ask Him to reveal His wisdom to us. If anyone thinks wisdom, let them ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them. And by the way, I don't even read, I don't even read anymore the second half of that verse. Because I don't even want it to enter my mind. And God keeps on showing me amazing things. Even though I'm so utterly undeserving of it. It's, it's crazy awesome. Praise his name. And when we can fight against the depression, fight against the inevitable frustration, fight against, I mean, fight it. I mean, fight it. Like it's your, like if you fought, and I'm preaching to myself right now, if we all fought against the negative emotions that we are inclined to feel in the flesh, 
and stayed focused as we're commanded on loving him, loving the people that God wants us to love to bring them home, being obedient to the Lord. We focused on those things, understanding out of love that we ought to be praying for every day if we don't have it. It's not. That's the number one reason why the foolish virgins are sent away. Oh, there may be people out there. They'll they'll say, no, it's not because they don't have the Holy Spirit. It's love. I'm here to tell you, I am. Abs- I'll speak with the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father. I believe, and I believe so strongly. Remember how the Scripture would say, and he spoke with such authority. Well, in, that case, in this particular case, I'm speaking with that same authority. I'm telling you as a fact that what the foolish virgins lacked was the empathy and love of Jesus more than anything else. Because when you truly love like Jesus and you are in love with your Father and that love overflows your cup, and affects other people's lives, that you are bearing fruit, that that fruit would remain, which means that they ultimately, due to your contribution, make it to heaven. You may not be solely responsible for putting them on their knees before Jesus and accepting Jesus, but that that has nothing to do with nothing. People think that if you don't save the soul and that person doesn't go on their knees and cry out to God in front of you, that you get nothing, that you've done nothing. That is a lie from the devil. Our works include being kind, striking up conversations, asking leading questions, what do you think about this, what do you think about that, and we miss our opportunity to stand on holy ground continuously because we're concerned about the tone of voice that somebody spoke to us in. You know, in the same scriptures that say that all liars will be cast into the lake of fire, it also says so will all cowards. So it's the art. I'm trying to to help convey, communicate the art. The art. You can call it the spiritually anointed um, method of helping somebody else see how close we are. Make no mistake, that contribution that you're making to that person's salvation will be powerfully rewarded, particularly, well, especially, and only if you're doing it out of true love, which is why it is so vital that you pray every day for more love. Pray every day, Father, I don't love you as much as I ought. Loving you with all my heart, all my mind, and all my soul, the number one most important commandment in the entire Bible 
I am guilty of not being that. I need your help. Life and death and the power of the tongue. Power of the tongue. Power of the tongue. Why do you think God said through the Holy Spirit and John, in 1 John he said, if we confess of our sins, he, our Father, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. When you understand these things and you see the harmony and you see the blessing and you apply it to your life and you do it and understand that these instructions are hierarchical. I don't know if you understand that term, but hierarchical means that there's a priority to them. When Jesus said, physician, heal thyself, he was saying, you're a physician. You're here to help others. But if you're all dorked up in the head, you can't help nobody. And it all starts with love. It's the very foundation of who we are in Christ. In fact, there's a scripture, which I do not have chapter and verse memorized, that says something along the lines, and I'm sure it'll be familiar to you, where Jesus said, essentially, that the know that you are mine because of the love that you show for one another. You want to see the Antichrist version of that? Go to Facebook. Look at the comments under YouTube. And by the way, you'll get to see a lot of demon-possessed Christians. I just had, I forget who it was I was talking to. He was like, I was glad he was talking about it because I didn't even know he had uh, chosen to seek the Lord because I knew he wasn't for a long time. But he he said, he, it was typical churchianity thought, you know. And he said, well, demons can't be inside us because we have Jesus inside of us and we got the Holy Spirit inside of us. And I was like... Bro, if you had any idea how wrong you are, <laughs> you know, but anyway, I had to help him understand that dynamic because people, they're just, churchianity speaks in generalities and they make these broad stroke comments that are absolutely, utterly inaccurate. There's many, many prerequisite conditions that have to be met for a person to be so blessed by God and protected by him that they are ineligible to be affected by demons. And it requires proactive measures, spiritual warfare, and an understanding of what Ephesians 6 means. And when people don't get those things, they just walk around and say silly, dumb things like, well, we have Jesus inside of us, so demons can't affect us. And I'm like, oh, Yes, I see that you have signed up for an American churchianity teaching. And I'm sure they told you that when you walked up to that altar, that was it for you because you're saved. Never mind, let every man seek his own salvation with fear and trembling. Never mind, 1 Peter 4, 7, I believe it is, where it says, if a righteous one is scarcely saved, 
where will the sinner and the ungodly be? But wait, we're all practicing righteousness. Therefore, we are in sin. Oh, how few understand that. It's a process, and it's continuous, as I've said a thousand times. But I had to get smacked down. Boy, oh boy, did God have to smack me down for me to be able to look back on my life holistically and the experiences that I was forced to go through. Not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Made some, maybe I made some bad decisions. Maybe I got tricked by the devil, whatever. It happens. We're all susceptible to it. But thank you, Jesus, that I am no longer guilty of presumptuous sin, which is a particularly noteworthy offense to God. Thank you, Jesus, that through the trials and tribulations that God brought me through, I understand the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Thank you, Jesus, that through his mercy for me, that I understand scriptures like Psalm 34:18, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves the very souls of those that have a contrite spirit. And yes, I did amplify the meanings of those words. It just simply says, and save such that have a contrite spirit. What that means is saves the souls, brings them to heaven, Be the Beatitudes. Don't read them. You can read them if you want, but you better be them. You best be them. Because when you are the Beatitudes, it puts you in a good place. And God is much, much more likely to pour out his anointing upon you and bring you to the place that you need to be because you're praying for God to fill you with love for him, adoration and love for Jesus, your first love. Don't forget, those who love son or daughter more than me are not worthy of me. That's a harsh statement, isn't it? especially for a mom. I praise God that I'm not a mom because that DNA is dangerous because it's almost impossible for a mother to not love her children more than Jesus. What Jesus is saying in that scripture is if because of your children you make certain choices in life, that are not godly and holy and are and are you're willing to fight to defend your children and do ungodly things then you are not worthy of me that's what that means I praise Jesus I don't have children, and I am not a woman. I thank you, Father, because that has got to be one of the most dangerous dynamics in the walk of a Christian. I struggle with how many times I've had conversations with very anointed and in many cases pastors that were female that had children. 
And when we had this conversation, they would be like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. It says what it says. It says what it says. What are you going to do? Change the words in the Bible? Change Jesus' words to your liking? Like everyone else does? I've said that to pastors of churches. Believe me, I've had the phone hung up on me so many times. It's unbelievable. But it was done out of love because I genuinely was trying to help them. Most of the time it's about guns when I make those calls. And invariably, every single time I'm hung up on. Because they're so sure that it's okay with Jesus that we murder people because we're afraid. Even though 2 Timothy 1.7 clearly states that we were not given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. But somehow, that needs to get redacted. Because surely Jesus didn't mean what he said. I would much rather be greatly disliked and have the phone hung up on me than, than not at least make an attempt to help one of my fellow brothers and sisters. And to me, you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. Reverend, pastor, whatever, take your pick. It don't mean diddly squat to me because I know who ordains and his name is Joshua the Messiah. Not Yahushua-ah. And God isn't Yah. God has so many names, it's unbelievable. And it's the one that he used the most is I am. But at the end of the day, who is Jesus? And how did Jesus talk to God? How did the entire 33 years of his life, how did he refer to God? He said, our Father. I don't know about you, but if I had called my dad Prow, he would have taken a, he would have backhanded me so hard that I would, well, actually he did more than once. And I'm telling you, he would have. If I would have called my father by his first name, I would have been very sorry for making that choice. Yet. Why is it that so many believers think that they're, they're, I don't know, that somehow they are blessing our Father by referring to him, uh, you know, as something else other than what Jesus showed us by his own example? I, I don't understand that thinking. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So anyway, I, I, they say these things because, like, for example, if you've been raped, if you, have, if you harbor hard feelings for anybody, that's a form of unforgiveness, and you're going to hell. Yeah, I got a little bit preachy, didn't I? But doggone it, somebody has to say it. 
You're going to hell. It's the unforgivable sin. Other than blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and boy, do I hope cessationism isn't blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Although by its very nature, it sure does sound like blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. There's so many Christian churches out there that think just because they never spoke in tongues that after, well, after all, I'm a pastor. God loves me. I'm wonderful. And if I can't speak in tongues, then obviously there is no speaking in tongues. And all the miracles went away. Because I, 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 I didn't get it. Therefore, they're cessationists. They don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't believe that it exists today. Oops. Oopsie daisy. You know, I don't know about you, but that really, really, really sounds like blasphemy of the Holy Spirit to me. When you're actually believing that the Holy Spirit is not part of the Godhead today. And that the power and miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ are no longer evident and an operation today. And then to have the audacity to actually teach it. Whoa. Or should I say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That scares me, because there's a lot of people that believe that. And that is so unbelievably selfish and myopic. It's just mind-blowing. Smith Wigglesworth did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he was already working with the Salvation Army and going to different um, gatherings, He was already laying hands on people and they were getting healed. He didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but by golly, he heard that on the other side of England, God was working in a mighty way and people were receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you know what he did? Smith Wigglesworth. He hired a carriage horse and buggy carriage, and he rode that thing all the way across the other side of Great Britain, and it wasn't a short journey, by the way, by horse. And he went to where the baptism of the Holy Spirit was being poured out. He wanted it. He sought it. That's what God wants doesn't want people. If you don't want him, guess what? He's got no problem with that. If you make up excuses why the Scripture can't possibly mean what it says, it's not making the Father happy. You're outside of his will in a big, big way, and you're in danger. I don't want anybody to be in danger. It's one thing if you don't know any better. It's a completely different thing if you ought to know, you should have known, you read it and you disregarded it. Or worse, you bought off on churchianity's notion of dispensationalism because of its like one occurrence in the entire Bible. And you you said, well, gee whiz, 
obviously everything Jesus said was only to the Jews, so it doesn't apply to us. Never mind Ephesians 2, uh, you know, uh, uh, 9, 10, and 11, where the middle wall of separation was broken down, and the Jew and the Gentile were made two into one. And never mind Galatians, where Paul says, there's neither neither man nor woman or, or Jew or Gentile, but we are all one in the body of Christ. Never mind any of that. Jesus was talking to the Jews. And of course, you know, and um, by the way, a lot of the churches out there preach that if it, you know, there was no power, there was no power given to any of, of, of the believers until after Jesus died and the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost. That's bunk. Because then why do you have Luke 10, verse 19, where Jesus sent out the people two by two? He he was looking at multitudes of sinners. There was no dying on the cross. Jesus had not even died on the cross for their sin yet. And he says, you know, go two by two out into the villages and do this and do that and all that kind of stuff. And they come back and they're like, wow, even the demons respond to your name. And Jesus said, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. That was a very long time before Pentecost. Praise God. And on that note, let's enter into communion. Praise his name. Thank you, Jesus. about you at the eve of unleavened bread you said I eagerly yearn for this supper and that you suffered so we children could be fed I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be told they did not understand the reach of his plan in his love we were told to rejoice, not to mourn. So we gather from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went back up to heaven, to the heavenly courts. You lifted the cup of forgiveness. It was paid, it was done. You had covered the cross. And I can only imagine the thunderous sound as the heaven exploded in tears. We were freed from our chains. Now all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win, so we gather remembering the truth of our soul, destroyer of death, the Lord of our own, the light in our arms, the edge of our sword, the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords, for we believe in a land. 
creation Restored by His hand Eternity All is revealed By the time we remember All scars will be healed As we long for your coming We imagine the feast The Lord and his bride When our waiting has ceased You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. It's amazing that these words were written by Peter. (laughs) You just don't. Think of Peter being able to say this kind of stuff. It's amazing. Who were once not a people, but now are the people of God and have not obtained mercy, but now have. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, that means behave these ways, 
Have tender mercies and kindness and humility, meekness and long-suffering, which is incredible patience. Dealing with one another, forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. Wow, look at that. If you even have a complaint against another, you're guilty of unforgiveness. Look at there. Isn't it amazing how God works? It's right there. It's right there. Even if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another by running up to them and smacking them upside the head with your Bible. No, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of a good report. If there's any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate. Think a lot about these things. Matthew twenty six thirty nine. Jesus went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Wow, that means this verse applies to us. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, our Father. Job 13.15 Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. 1 Timothy 3.16 God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, and believed upon in the world, and received up into glory. Oh. Oh, by the way, if you ever get visited by Jehovah's Witnesses, very sweetly and lovingly. Show them that verse. They probably won't be Jehovah's Witnesses very much longer. We pray for purification. Praise you, Jesus. Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Or I should say based upon. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. How many times I remember sitting in church and how the preacher would say, you've got to look at every word in the Bible to make sure the person who's preaching to you is telling you the truth because they might not be. <laughs> oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Lord, Father, we love you. Praise you, Father. 
And Father, we pray, please, continue to have mercy on us according to the incredible love that you have for us and according to the unfathomable mercy, the depth of that mercy, which is an immeasurable, we pray that you will blot out all of our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity. Cleanse us from our sin. For Father, we admit we have transgressions. We admit our sin is always before us. And we admit that against you and you only we've sinned and done these awful things. We know that we're not walking in your will unless you are washing us clean. Wash us, Father, with your hyssop. Cleanse us and make us whiter than snow. Clean our hearts. Clean our soul. Clean our spirit. 2 Corinthians 7.1 Now knowing these things, brethren, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness through the fear of God. Make us, Father, to hear joy and gladness that the bones you've broken through our trials and tribulations may rejoice. Hide your face from our sins, Father. Blot out all of our iniquity and create in us a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within us. Do not cast us away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from us. Let us not grieve the Holy Spirit, which is kind of the same thing. Restore to us, Father, the joy that we ought to have if we focused on how this is all about our eternity with you and our Lord Jesus and the love that we can't even imagine that will be a part of our eternity in your presence. And then we will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you by your anointing on our tongue as you place before us precious opportunities to stand on holy ground. Deliver us, Father, from any guilt that we have from our past so that we may sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I had also given to you, that on the same night 
in which Jesus was betrayed. He took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Lododi, Bedodi Li. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. Praise you, Jesus.
You were hurt for my offense. You were sick for my defeat. You were poor for my prosperity. You are strong when I am weak. I praise you, my Redeemer. I praise you, Majesty. You were left by God Almighty to always be with me. And I know I will never be God, little out of order than what uh, you know many of the other prayer vigils, but nevertheless, holy oil time for me. Praise God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I consecrate myself. I consecrate every listener of this program in the name of Jesus to the complete ownership of the Lord Jesus Christ. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us. We tear up all demonic contracts. 
we eradicate all demonic mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We declare the abundant grace of God, the living water, the crystal river upon us to wash away all impurity. We plead the blood of Jesus to cleanse us with your holy purity. We declare that no weapons raised against us, earthly or spiritual, shall exist, for we call down the holy fire of God in Jesus' name to vaporize them. We rebuke the devil. We rebuke the demons. You must flee in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We cancel all demonic all demonic activity against us. We break all yokes of bondage in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection around about us on all sides, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot, punching through the spiritual realm directly into the urge with the glory pillar. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven that attempt to come against us, at the very moment that they set their wills against us, we decree a fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn them in the screaming agony, making a public spectacle of them. We bind them against them. Colossians 2.15 in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. For the, by virtue of dying on the cross, Jesus Christ has disarmed principalities and powers, making a public spectacle of them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we plead with the courts of heaven and we declare that you assign, please, in Jesus' name, a platoon of warrior angels on a search and destroy mission to send them out, Father God, into our workplaces, into wherever it is ahead of us, to ferret all out, to ferret out and discover, to destroy, to wipe out, to shut all demonic portals, doors, any fiery darts, and to shut them down in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we pray these things for our loved ones. Those of those of our loved ones who have not come to the realization of the truth yet. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name that you will save their souls. Just as simple as that. Thank you, Father, for saving their souls. Thank you, Father, for saving the souls of the people who disparage us. Thank you, Father, for forgiving them. Thank you, Father, for forgiving them. Father, if there is any, anyone in our hearts that has hurt us, hurt our feelings, made us feel bad, and we're harboring frustrations or any kind of negative emotions about anything that's happened in our past, for any reason, we lift them up before you. We pray, please, Father, please, Father, forgive them. They wouldn't have done it if they truly knew what they were doing. Please forgive them. Help us, Lord our Father God, and teach us through remembrance to place at the very top of our prayer lists those who have done us wrong. For there is no greater way to love someone than to pray for them. Help us, Father, to identify those who have hurt us and continue to hurt us and to pray for them 
to genuinely, from the bottom of our heart, ask you, Father, to please forgive them. For more than anything, no matter what we are going through, we know your heart, Father, and you would want not one to perish. And we only please you, truly, when we have become Jesus to those around us. Fill us with your love, overflowing. For we love you, Father, and we want to love you more and more and more. Supernaturally fill us with the Holy Spirit gift of love, first for you, first for our Lord Jesus, our very first love. And remembering that by virtue of being our first love, what it really means is not that we loved you first, Jesus, because we didn't, but that you are the love of our lives. You have become our greatest love. For if we have seen you, we have seen our Father. Overflow our cups with that love. Oh yes, we know that the metaphor of the oil in the wise and fullest virgin's parables is a specific reference to the Holy Spirit, but we also recognize that the presence of the Holy Spirit overwhelmingly fills us with your love. That we, like those before us, can change the world and destroy the works of the devil. Purify us, Father. Protect us. Swirl the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit amidst a thorny hedge of protection and a fiery, fiery whirlwind around our homes, our dwelling places, and even our loved ones, Father, we pray, that you would protect them from being continuously hindered Open up that glorious, fiery, holy fire protection around us as we pray that at some point our loved ones who maybe we're struggling to reach will step in the realm of that fire that continues to follow us as we come out of fervent prayer in your presence. And always teach us, Father, to remember if we have been so blessed by being given the gift of speaking in tongues, to remember to do it an awful lot. To remember that the Apostle Paul even said that he probably he made mention that he speaks in tongues more. He believed that he probably speaks in tongues more than anyone else, you know, that he was preaching to. 
that we would put those practices, those examples of godliness into our lives and recognize that the darkness can't even see those prayers. That they short-circuit the journey directly through the Godhead into the throne room, giving us great advantage. Arguably one of the most powerful gifts of all the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit mentioned in Second our First Corinthians chapter twelve. And sadly one of the least regarded. Forgive us, Father, for not understanding, and thank you for teaching us through your wisdom that we may truly, because of our love for you, because of our love for our brothers and sisters, and because of our love as foot washers of mankind, that we, through our works, out of love, through prayer, behaviors, examples, kindness, patience, and love. Allow people to see not just the light, but our Lord Jesus himself. And the mighty and awesome, incredible, unbelievably loving and compassionate name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Yeah, I think I'll be able to see you all next Friday. Lord willing, I hope. Um, I should be back and everything should be okay. Unless something goes wrong with my flight coming back from Phoenix. Which, by the way, happens. (laughs) <laughs> more than I would like. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all of you for, for joining us tonight. I pray in Jesus' name, Father, in the name of Jesus. Anyone, even a little bit in their prayers, Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you will anoint them, that you will prosper them. I don't, I'm not talking about with earthly things. I'm talking about with spiritual, godly things, that you will prosper them and protect them, and that you will just give them a mighty anointing, both now and in the days to come. In Jesus' name, your will be done. Amen. We come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our minds. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you 
we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice. As we lift your name on high, renew our mind, renew our soul, remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure We are the branches on the living tree When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Watch us as we dream.